Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. My name is Sean Boyce. I'm the founder of Next Step. And today, the guest I have here with me is Zubin, who is the co-founder and COO of LeagueSide. Hello, Zubin. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So let's get started with what is LeagueSide? Yeah, LeagueSide's platform helps regional and national companies reach families in the community through youth sports sponsorships. High and tight. I like it. So talk to me more about how LeagueSide came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So my co-founder, Evan, and I were in a program called Venture for America. And Venture for America is a two-year fellowship with the goal of creating the next generation of entrepreneurs. So uh, it's kind of funny. Evan is from Long Island, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And he ended up going to the University of Texas, so all my high school friends became his, his college friends. And we ultimately met in Venture for America, had the same values, uh, same friend groups, knew we wanted to start a company together. Uh, and he ended up spending his two-year fellowship in Detroit. I spent my two-year fellowship in New Orleans and we just bounced terrible business ideas off each other for two years uh, until we were both volunteering at youth sports leagues and started talking to parents and realized that the cost of youth sports is rising. And on the flip side, I had this aha moment where there's no better way to reach families in the community than when they're watching their kids play sports. And thought back to the Campeses was always a sponsor of my local Little League team, found ourselves wondering why don't regional and national companies sponsor youth sports leagues as well. And what we came to discover, it's because youth sports is incredibly fragmented. Every single youth sports league is run by a different volunteer in the community. Uh, so it just is very difficult for our clients like an, an Uber or Panda Express or Axe to sponsor youth sports leagues at scale. So that was the genesis of, of LeagueSide. Evan and I joined the Venture for America Accelerator in Philadelphia and have, have been building the company ever since. Very cool. That's quite the history. I mean, it <laughs> certainly matters a lot, especially that part about bouncing bad business ideas off one yeah. another. <laughs> I could definitely relate to that. Excellent. So you mentioned a couple of things. What I liked about what I've heard you say so far is your interaction with the parents and then getting a comprehensive understanding of the market. So can you talk a little bit more about the needs and the problems that existed and the process you guys went through about identifying those? and then ultimately prioritizing them to solve them. Yeah, for sure. What was, what's interesting about youth sports is I think everyone at some point has had some interaction with youth sports, whether you played youth sports or you have a kid that's in it or, or a friend or family member. And so we found that our idea was somewhat validated in that local businesses have sponsored youth sports league for forever. Um, and that is a, a habit that has already happened. What we were finding is that it's just incredibly difficult for them to do so. Because if you go to a youth sports league website, you don't know who to contact, you don't know the size of the organization, you don't know the sponsorships available. And so um, what we did is we spent a lot of times talking to families and that helped identify that youth sports is rising, people can't afford to play and sponsorships is an important piece of that equation to drive costs down. 
And then we ended up just cold calling and talking to as many youth sports coordinators as possible to understand how they run their sponsorships. Like, is it structured? How do they pitch businesses? What is actually available? Uh, and that's one side of the market. And then the other side of the market is, is just talking to brands and understanding what do you do for community marketing? What do you do for marketing in general? Have you ever considered youth sports? Um, and kind of diving down into these questions. But ultimately the way we validate it is you have to sell the product and be able to execute it. And so that was a lot of the, the main focus from, from day one. Got it. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I love the fact that you, know, you said you guys got on the phones, calling people, talking to anybody that will listen about this stuff to have a better understanding of what was going on. I can't imagine what you guys found. Did you just continue to find, like, was it a little bit like herding cats in the beginning as far as figuring out how the process works and it was, you know, confusing and did you get different information from different people? Yes, I would say that the most interesting part of our business is that on the league side, our main user is a volunteer. And so think, think about the context of a volunteer. It's someone who has maybe an hour to dedicate to this Per, per week, if that. Um, and the demographic of our user was they're not very tech savvy. And so we have this inter interesting conundrum is the reason why we have a business is because the system is so fragmented from this volunteer and, and lack of centralization. But it's also really hard to scale a business because it's so fragmented. Uh, and so for us, we spent a lot of time nailing down the user. Like, what is a volunteer's experience? Uh, what, what time do they have to allocate? What tools do they currently use? What tools do they wish they could use? And how do we integrate in that process? And so a lot of the insights that we pulled were, uh, they're heavily on email and text. So as a platform, we're gonna focus on email and text versus building like a mobile app or a super complex lead dashboard. Um, and so it's like these insights and these conversations that helped us add fragmentation, but ultimately are still very hard for, for scaling. Good point. So a question I always have too, and I push this in conversation whenever anyone that's looking to build a product business is conducting and capturing market research is how are they going about trying to solve these problems today? So a couple of things you said, which are super helpful to know, right? As far as knowing more about your user, limited time, right? Maybe not quite as tech savvy. So those are, th those are criteria you guys need to work around. But what I'm curious about is like, what did you find when you're interacting with the, with them as far as how they were going about trying to solve these problems today? Like what were you guys going to be ultimately compared against if there was something? Yeah. So that's, it's interesting because on the league side, it's a little more figured out. They are typically going to their friend or the local business in the community and just asking them for, for community dollars to support them. The harder part of our equation is talking to these sponsors because there's this stigma with youth sports sponsorships traditionally that they're just a charitable donation in the community. No one has been able to standardize youth sports sponsorships in a way that make it effective marketing. And what we believe at league side is if we can prove that it's effective marketing for brands, they'll spend unlimited amounts of money sponsoring youth sports leagues because they're actually getting a marketing ROI from it. And that is really how we drive down the cost of youth sports versus re relying on this old paradigm of donation in, into the community. 
So to, to your question, we spent a lot of time just understanding how companies, and we're still doing a lot of this, understanding how companies allocate and spend their marketing dollars. Is it billboards, TV, TV, radio? Are those the same budgets as community events and activation? And what are the ROI metrics of those traditional channels versus digital metrics? And if we can get that list of standardized metrics of what is a good outcome for these brands, and we can ultimately measure apple to apple with our youth sports sponsorships as well, that's really how we start unlocking um, major marketing dollars that are actually useful for, for these companies and brands. That's really powerful stuff. And I love the fact that you're, the way you're thinking about this, right? In terms of ROI for your user, ROI for your customer, super important. We talk about it a lot. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, I'm not sure how much analytics exists with the fact of like a company. I never thought about it when I was a kid playing sports. We always had yeah. some company on the back <laughs> of our shirt, right? Our jerseys and local business, whatever. I'm sure I didn't even know what it was when I was playing sports, but what does ROI with that look like, right? Um, is anybody paying attention to that? Is that translating anything for them uh, in terms of dollars and cents? Like you said, that all old paradigm, you guys were helping update the way this process kind of worked, but adding a lot more data and value in it as well too. And if you guys get over that hurdle, right, that's a whole new world for you guys. So talk to me a little bit more about that from the company's perspective that would be interested in advertising. What are the problems you guys have found there that you haven't already mentioned? And then how are you guys going about trying to solve those? What does that look like so far? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it, I'll give context of exactly how our product works to help understand how we're changing how youth sports sponsor, sponsorship traditionally worked. Please. So um, I'll use an example of, we'll use Panda Express. So Panda Express has, call it 50 locations in, in the Northeast. And the way our platform works is they just upload all of their locations to our league side system. We then find the best youth sports leagues within three to five miles of each of those locations that match the target consumers demographics that they're trying to reach. And for Panda Express, they just upload their creative that might be for logos on jerseys, emails, and events that they're hosting click go and our system starts executing these sponsorships and pushes all of the pictures of the sponsorships in action, as well as the marketing metrics into a dashboard that the client sees in, in real time. And so for the marketer, just from the onset, they can be more deliberate around setting up their campaign and who they're reaching. And then ultimately the way that we're measuring ROI is, um, at the top of the funnel pre and post campaign surveys to understand as a result of this campaign, how did brand awareness move? How did brand loyalty move? How did these different brand metrics that Panda Express specifically cares about move as a result of these sponsorships? And so if you think about it, it's totally different than the Little League approaching the local Panda Express and saying like, please donate $200. It's more like, Panda Express being able to say, we want to reach our target demographics that live and play around our locations. And we ultimately know that it's driving brand loyalty, which is important for our repeat customer and, and our business. 
Absolutely. That's powerful stuff. I mean, you're aligning interests, right? Which previously very different approach was taken there, barely scratching the surface. Like you said, walking into the local store, trying to pick up a couple of bucks and maybe out of like guilt or whatever transactions may or may not have been happening at that point, you know, wanting to support the local community or whatever, but almost considering that as like a sunk cost, I could imagine, as opposed to now where if you're better able to align those interests from a marketing perspective, as far as not just what obviously the youth sports are looking for, but what the company is interested in, you've got a pretty strong match there. Particularly if you can show, you can demonstrate for them, here's kind of the, the effectiveness and the impact that this has had. That's really interesting. So I'm curious about a couple of things. Number one is what kind of reaction do you get from the companies that you're talking to when you're, you're telling them that this is how the process is going to work using a league side product? What's their reaction like? They're excited. The, what we've been really thoughtful of is that is creating a platform that, that mirrors the other channels they, they, they use. And so we have built our system. This is not a perfect example, but almost like setting up a Facebook ad campaign where in Facebook ad campaign, you can set up your targeting parameters, uh, ultimately your budget, how you want to reach families with what creative, and then you just hit go and see it all in action. And so what we did is we took a typical buying process and the experience of a marketer and just translated it to our product. Uh, it's not a perfect one-to-one -one match, but it's the same workflow and same type of system they're already used to, just in a different medium and in a different setting. Um, and so that is really what we focused on and, and clients just get it because they understand the power of youth sports sponsorship. It's funny. A lot of them met, remember that it was Jim's pizza that used to sponsor them <laughs> all these years later. And so they get it and they're excited that they can have that experience and that local feel at scale through league side. Too cool. Uh, I love anything that takes a disruptive approach to making things better kind of all around on all fronts. It's the, the very essence of what building product businesses is all about. So uh, very cool stuff. Uh, what does traction look like for you guys so far? Yeah, we have, so we care about retention metrics. That's how we ultimately know that this is working. And the key metrics for us is our net revenue retention is 130%. That means that clients aren't just renewing, they're spending more season over season, which means this is working and it is effective marketing. And on the league side of things, our retention is 99%. They couldn't be happier that we're bringing them dollars that they couldn't access otherwise. And so that is what traction looks like. And our focus now is just scale. Know it's working, know our clients and users are happy. So how do we just go faster? Uh, and so we are focused very much on scaling the team, scaling the product, uh, so we can ultimately hit our goal of helping as many kids as possible play, play youth sports for free. Too cool. I'd say those metrics sound pretty good. <laughs> you guys, are you guys happy with It's taken us a while so to get here, but yeah, we're, we're, finally, we're finally here. Excellent. How does the, so you mentioned scale. I want to ask you a little bit about that and any particular like specific challenges you guys are having around that right now, I guess, like what's hot, what's top of mind, but also how does the revenue model work for league side? Yeah, we work just like a, like a marketplace. We take a percentage of all the sponsorships that, that flow through our platform. Cool. And then you had mentioned some specific like challenges right now with scaling, trying to go faster. Uh, that's, 
that's a, number one. Congratulations, because that's a great problem to have, I would say. Yeah, this is the fun part about startups, right? Right. Right. A little bit of the, it just shifts from one type of worry to a different kind of worry. (laughs) But that's progress, especially at a startup. Uh, So what's top of mind right now for scaling? What are the big problems you guys are addressing currently? And how are you going about trying to solve those? Yeah, I think first and foremost, scaling always starts with people. We've built an incredible team at Leagueside that uh, are incredibly thoughtful, talented, and, and embrace our, our core values. And that is why Leagueside is what it is today, because of the team that we have here. And so for us, a big piece of scaling is finding the rest of our team and helping build that out so we can be able to continue to grow at the pace that we want to grow. And from those people comes... Uh, more sales, there's always this need to prove ROI or become more sophisticated in how we prove ROI. That's really important. Um, And so doing that so our existing client base continues to grow and then ultimately building the product and and software to support that growth and make it easy for us to turn on campaigns with the click of the button, with the click of a button. Um, And so those are like kind of a sales, renewals, and, and product, I guess that's like everything, but <laughs> really driven by the, the people that, uh, that you hire. <laughs> totally get it, totally get it. Excellent, uh, encouraging stuff. So a couple other questions, uh, but number one, I wanna thank you for coming on the show, sharing us a story about League Side, and the other questions we have for you, of course, as well too, are what resources might you recommend for the audience that is interested in you know building product businesses, following the path which you guys have done to learn more about product or building businesses or startups or anything like that? Yeah, I, uh, oh man, there's, there's so many different resources. There's, there's a book that I recently read that has been awesome for, for us. It's really tough because there's so many people that could sponsor youth sports leagues. Uh, but what is really important is narrowing specifically down on, how league side is different, how it's positioned and who we should be selling to as a result of that value prop. And so I read this awesome book called Obviously Awesome by April Dumford. Um, Shout out to Steve Marinick from Guru for recommending this this book. But it really forces you to think about the business you're building. How is it different? How is it special? How does it resonate or solve the problem of, of clients? And that book has been really helpful, especially as we scale focusing on who we should be reaching with what messaging. Um, and so that, that has been a really awesome resource for us. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. I'll include that in notes on the show as well also. And then I know, so as you had mentioned, some of the challenges you guys are having with scaling has to deal with team and hiring. So are you guys hiring currently? If so, what are you looking for? And who's a good person that should reach out and want to join the league side team? We are hiring for basically everything. (laughs) (laughs) Sales, client success on our campaigns team, someone to work in marketing on the league side of things and some more designers and and product people. All of it is on our angel list page, but we are hiring for D, all of the above. (laughs) Got it. Angel list page. So we can find uh, any specifics you have listed there too, if I include that link. All right, cool. Everything is there. I'll make sure that's in there as well also. And then um, how can people get in touch with you, with League Side? Who should reach out? 
yeah, anyone interested in a position at Leagueside, please reach out. Um, you can reach me directly at my email. That's zubin at leagueside.com um, or contact us. If you're a youth sports league looking for sponsorship or a regional national brand interested in reaching families in the community at scale through youth sports sponsorships, reach out on our website uh, and you will be directed to the right place. Excellent. And last question for me is, what was your favorite youth sport? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, so let me think. Which ones did you play? So my first love in life was soccer. Okay. And then my second love in life was basketball, which is surprising because I'm like a five eight scrawny Asian kid. Um, but I like <laughs> to say quick. I learned everything about entrepreneurship from basketball. Diving on the floor for loose balls, cool. outsmarting your opponents, always being the underdog. Being scrappy. Um, exactly cool but my favorite youth sports memory was seventh grade um we were playing our rival middle school big game as a seventh grader um final seconds kick it out to the wing there's my teammate is wide open underneath the basket but i shoot the three anyway for the win goes in and we go one in 15 that year (laughs) (laughs) so a little bittersweet but there you go. Only win of the year, but against our rival. And, and so in dramatic happened. fashion. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like that was every kid's dream to have a moment yeah. like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I called it the shot heard around the world, obviously, as a seventh grader. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Zubin, and sharing the league side story. Thank you for having me on. This, is, this has been awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you're looking for help with your product business in the area of product strategy or product management, please feel free to reach out to Next Step to learn more about how we can help at hello at nextstep.io. That's hello at nxtstep.io. Additionally, if you know anyone who has experience building, running, or managing a product or product business and would like to be a guest on our show to share their story, please have them reach out to our organizer at podcast at nextstep.io. That's podcast at nxtstep.io. Thanks and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.